This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is feeling glad it's all over. And I'm feeling glad, glad it's, it's all, all over. over. Yeah, yes, Palace song, song yeah. Palace song. Careful, Jonathan, careful. There used to be a Spurs song. Did it really? Yeah, Chef because Dave, Dave, Dave Clark Five were all Spurs supporters. Knowledge. It used, to, used to be played at um, White Hart Lane. Anyway, can I get on with my introduction now? Sorry. That's all right. As if I'd do that to you, Jonathan. Uh, like I do every week Uh, anyway (laughs) like a 20 stone bloke completing a marathon Chelsea limped to the end of the season with a 1-1 draw against the champions and finally it's over this annus horribilis of a season hopefully we can wake up in August and pretend that it never happened I for one wish the applauding of Leicester players in their goal had never happened another poor indictment of modern football and its fans. All of this, and John Terry's emotive on-pitch speech to the fans, was it farewell, or will we see him leading us out next season? I am Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Football Fancast. Thank Fox for that. (laughs) Which, for many reasons, sounds so absolutely apt for the last show of this uh, season, and blessedly the end of our season as well but there you go um let me introduce the guests tonight they are in no particular order the wonderful uh superb jonathan kidd oh chidge you, you do me so correctly no i do you correctly <laughs> get you missus I, I expressed that very badly didn't you just um, yes you uh, you described me so nicely yes indeed now the usual warning goes out to you lovely gentlemen uh be careful of the extraneous noise that breaks through occasionally. Are you now? I must check actually with Jonathan before I introduce the other two. Um, are you? Are you? Watch, are you doing this podcast in bed with your iPad again? Yes. You are, aren't you? 
I am. You see, I could tell because it had that the, the mic was making funny noises as you as you shuffled the covers. I think is how we'll no, put I, it. No, our covers aren't over me. Aren't I, they? I actually broke wind a couple. Did of you? Times. It may have, it may have been that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Actually, I got a bit of grief from none other than Johnny T last week, uh, who who remarked, um, "Who was it who was heavy breathing on the show?" And I had to fess up, and it was actually me because, of course, I've got this mic attached to my headphones, and clearly it picks up everything. So. You know, when I criticise you, I am just saying I am not immune from that criticism, but there you go. Anyway, without further ado, uh, we should introduce the wonderful Dan Silver. Hello, mate. How you doing? Well, I'm very, very well, mate. It was lovely to see you and everybody else yesterday, but in particular you, uh, and yeah. nice to see you in here tonight. Yeah, it was a really nice kind of way to end the season. Yet again, hour and a half of football sport, it, but it was, yeah. it was good. It was good fun. It was, there is that. And uh, yeah. last but by no means least, I'm very hopeful that we do have Clayton Beerman in the house. Hello. We can do. you hear me, mother? We, I can hear your mother. How are you, mate? You're right. You yeah, I'm very good, mate. Very good. Like like uh, Mr. Silver, it was very very good to see you uh, yesterday after the game. And as as harking back to the old days, it was a fine day spoiled by 90 minutes of nonsense. I, one of my favourite bits yesterday, Clayton, and I know we're going to talk about the game and everything later on. But one of my favourite bits yesterday was at the end of it when we were watching the. Uh, you know the on-pitch JTness, and you you wandered up from gate 16 to gate 17, and we watched it together, and then we got bored of it, so we went for a piss, and then clearly JT started to speak, so you ran back in, and I joined you, and I I spent the whole time basically moaning about everything as I recall, didn't I? I was really moany about everything, wasn't I? Well, it was just a moan fest, it wasn't, wasn't it? it? Before, during, and after, and no doubt will be now. Well, you never know your luck. Uh, but anyway. Absolutely. These are the four musketeers for tonight. Me, Jonathan Kidd, Dan Silver and Clayton Beerman. And uh, I promise for all of you people who are listening live on uh, Mixler and those who will listen to the podcast that we'll try and make it a good un. And on that point, uh, on the show tonight, we will be asking what the applauding of the Leicester players and their goal was all about. And we'll be looking at the JT saga with the offer of a new contract apparently on the table and ask, is it a genuine attempt to keep him at the club or is it a cynical PR stunt? And in part two, we'll have a look back at the game, uh, Baba, William and Matic's performances in particular, and we'll give our ver- verdict on the youth players who played a bit part. And I think what we might also bung in is a little chat about the Liverpool game and quite possibly um, our thoughts on the season uh, as a whole, just to kind of round it off. And in part three... Um, well, we've got three such great emails to chew the fat over um, that we're going to talk about them and maybe talk a little bit around that. And we'll also, in part four, of course, wrap up with the usual Chelsea supporters news and plugs therein. So there you go. Now, there's an awful lot of people who are out in Mixler, as always. The usuals are in there. The, the lovely Mark Barfoot, who I didn't see yesterday, sadly, but I did see Stu which was lovely because I haven't seen him all season, ironically. Uh, Jeffrey Asselstein is in there. Zuriel, who we met uh, at the Tommy Tucker yesterday. Matt Jazz is in the house. Matt Jazz, one of your emails is going to be going live later on, so keep your ears uh, pinned for that one. Uh, Jack, J- uh, who Clive is in the house. Sajin, many, 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 many more too. The people who have moaned with us for the whole season to date I think so there we moaned go moaned and sobbed moaned and sobbed but hey guys don't worry it's 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 all finished now but the sad thing about that is of course we won't see you every week but anyway more of that later uh, don't forget of course for those of you who have not managed to do this for an entire season um, that you can in fact listen to this show live every Monday at 7 o'clock and all you have to do is go to mixlr.com 
forward slash Chelsea-Fancast, and then you can join in with all these fine people that you will find in there who, by the way, very sensibly uh, pretty much ignore what us idiots say and sit there chatting amongst themselves, which is exactly how it should be. Um, but you can join in, so go and do that. Um, as I said, you know, uh, you won't have much chance in the summer because we won't be here, but we will be come August, so do it then. Now, uh, of course, you can always tweet us in the normal manner at Chelsea Fancast anytime you like, and uh, I'll always try and get back to people who tweet us because I like to do that. It's called engagement, and I think it's important. So there you go. Now, after this little bit of stingage, uh, we will talk about Chelsea versus and Leicester. <laughs> Ho, uh, first gripe. Let's get my, you know, what was it that uh, Tommy Doherty used to always say to Chopper Harris? Get your late tackles in early. I think wasn't it? <laughs> and uh, I, I, I think I've been on a bit of a Chopper esque, uh, Chopper esque frame of mind because I'm going to get my gripe in well, good and early today. You're going to say I'm going to get my chopper out. <laughs> I'm not going to get my chopper out. It would be a bit of a pointless exercise unless this was a video Skype. Enough already. But even then, it would be a pointless exercise. Oh, very. Meow. Meow. There we go. That axe that you had in your back has now been planted firmly in mine. Anyway, uh, first up, applauding Leicester. Now, I mean, I have to be honest. I I did did, uh, give out a bit of a a huge one Ranieri yesterday, and I had no problem with that because, I, I mean, I know that we, Jonathan and I particularly, have had our differences about Ranieri, but I quite like the old buffoon. And I was quite pleased for him to win a title. Um, and I did it before the kickoff. You know, and that, note the timing of this before the kickoff. What I completely cannot understand for any reason at all is how Leicester players can be applauded every time they got a corner. The player Maris. ran down. He, he was player of the year, though, Chief. He's a, he's a Leicester player <laughs> playing against us, Jonathan. I have never seen it. Ever no, but let I me finish. I haven't, I haven't quite quite finished with right. my gripes here, Jonathan, because I think it got worse than that. It wasn't just the Leicester players being applauded at the corners. It was there were people applauded them when they scored. And pe- that was that, that was particularly since I thought I thought Courtois was at fault. And I think he was well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold your powder. Hold your powder. People well, I thought are... I loved about the the the, uh, the corners being taken and Mara's going over. These are the very same people. Who every week are quite willing to give the uh, the hand shandy sign to everybody and anybody who comes to take a corner. But it wasn't and just that, Jonathan. They applauded the goal and they were chanting. Lest you know, there was. Uh, I've never. There was, there was one nice moment of we all hate Tottenham when everybody stood up. Yeah, that but I really nice. that, I that that just annoys me. Sing it when we're playing Tottenham. What's the point mm. of singing it every week? But anyway, that's a that's no, no, every week. No, when they did it with us as well, yeah, I thought well, yeah, that I, was quite. Pleasant, I, I, I fuck this loving. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, it was, but it was a loving. The whole. The whole day was love and peace and a loving. Fuck You're that! It's football. Right. I it said was. to Clayton on the way out, Jonathan. I said, you know, if if you don't understand that football is about tribalism and war and hatred, then you're doing it all wrong, didn't I, Clayton? You did indeed. And am I right? No, we were we were as one as we left. Um, I have made it clear that I side with Mr. Kidd as far as Ranier is concerned. I think that a lot of people have. You're getting had, your early uh, tackles in late. 
I'm well. You know, the thing is, that a lot of people have had their say, and a lot of people have said, "Oh, he was this, that, and the other." Four years we had him, and I couldn't wait for him to leave. I couldn't <laughs> wait. He drove me up the bloody wall. I think he's a bang average manager, um, and you know, good luck to him. I'm not. I don't begrudge what he's done no. this year. And that's how I felt, to be fair, Clay. And I don't begrudge no. it. You know, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that the loving for this man. I just. People forget, you know, people forget. I mean, obviously Monaco's a big one, but there was so much more than that. I remember the 2002 Cup final. Leading into that game, I'm going off piece here, aren't I? You are. We, Clayton, that, that was last week's show. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank <laughs> couldn't actually stand up. He couldn't. He was completely injured. did the warm-up <laughs> and he couldn't stand up. Yes. Carl Cole had played the previous three games, scored a couple of goals. Anyway, I'm moving on. The Leicester thing, they're applauding them. Okay, fine, they're champions. I timed it perfectly, so I didn't actually have to see them. Yeah, I missed the, that. The I, missed, I missed the guard of honor. Uh, yeah. I didn't see. I heard the Ranieri chant as I was puffing my way up the stairs. Um, but the, the thing that makes me laugh is they're applauding players coming over to take a corner. And the person that made me laugh the most was there. I think is he Australian or something, or he lives in New York. This guy Fuchs. They've got a, a fullback that came over to take corner and they were applauding him. They wouldn't know him, those who applauded him, if they fell over him in the street. I remember when we played uh, Barcelona and the greatest player in the world came over to take corner and people booed. Quite so, right. That's how it should be. <laughs> they, did, they didn't just it. boo. They didn't just boo. They, they gave no. him the wankers. Good. That's an, exactly. e- equally acceptable in my book. But if you are going to applaud an opposition player... Let it be a good opposition player. No, let it be absolutely no opposition player. Bang out. We're not Liverpool, you know? I, no, listen, I mean, I hated yesterday. I, I, went, I know Dan, Dan's going to say as well. I went into the cock after I left you guys and I saw Mr Glanville. There was steam coming out of his ears. Was this after was, the game? Yeah, yeah he, he was, was yeah, yeah. absolutely livid applauding an opposition goal the only time we've done that and rightly so was when Jimmy Floyd scored yeah yeah that's very true that was you know that was for a lot of different reasons but applauding yesterday oh off well I think I think just to put that in context that we applauded the Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank goal not least because we loved him but also before that he'd he'd taken a free kick that I think they're still trying to find the ball in orbit because it cleared the Matty Harding stand so comprehensively and when we all screamed at him what the fucking hell was that he turned around shrugged his shoulders and applauded us so I think to applaud his goal later was the least we could have done on that particular day and he he didn't celebrate either did he? he didn't either he just turned his back Dan I've got to bring Dan in because otherwise you know he'll wonder why he's here Um, (laughs) but um, what what do you think of this complete shithousery? utter utter bollocks of and the worst thing, when Amara's got a substitute, people applauding him off the pitch. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, it's it just, I hate, I hate to see that modern football. It's, it's, it should be tribal. That's what it's yeah. about. I don't give a shit about Leicester win the league. Them singing champions, nice to my heart. It was horrible hearing them singing champions. It's, it was just, uh, I, don't, I don't buy by that at all. I think it's utter bollocks. It's the thing I hate about modern football. All right, listen, just, just, I've got to come in here, Dan, because we are the shed, our lovely mate Richard, who I yeah. will praise to the hilt uh, in part two, by the way, as a bit of a teaser. Um, but he, he said here, I disagree. Leicester was a once in a lifetime. People wanted to show their appreciation. No problem with that. We had nothing to play for. I'll say two things to you, Richard, and I appreciate that you, like a lot of other people, perhaps are possibly too young to remember this. 
I will tell you, say two things to you. One is Steve Guppy, and the other is the Baby Squad. Uh, those are two fundamental reasons to absolutely hate Leicester. If you ever went to Filbert Street back in the day and got hit by coins thrown from their fans, you will understand why I don't give two fucks about them or wanted to applaud them. Am I right, chaps? I was chased by a whole group of Leicester fans to the station, and uh, it was really scary. Yeah. I remember they were after your they were after your autograph. <laughs> <laughs> I was in I was in Pipkins at the time. So perhaps go on. Oi, oh, mate, where's Topov? What did what did uh, was it Stephen Guppy scoring the goal against us in yeah, the um, ninety nine two two yeah. draw? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, but and, then and as and as and, and as, and as on a tangent slightly. Yeah, but he, he... we then went to Sheffield Wednesday the following week, and I remember sitting there thinking how empty it was and what how how wonderfully if they actually ever got back into the Premier League, how wonderfully they would do. And they 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 were on the verge of doing that. I think they might do it. Um, that would be very interesting because they, they've got rid of the ghost of Hills of the whole Hillsborough thing as well. Um, but uh, I digress. And that was when Viali Viagra Viali. That was when Viali um, thought we'd lost the league and we drew nil nil with Sheffield Wednesday. And if he if he'd gone for it that day, we still had an opportunity to win the league because all the teams around us um, drew or lost. Um, do you, and it was, do you uh, remember Jonathan? That Robert too low, low moment. So you say again. Do you remember yeah. Di Matteo bleached his hair peroxide yeah, bleached, for that yeah, he game? Did. He did. So, no, and I think, no, I think actually that was the FA Cup game. This is, oh, the, is, league, this is the league game at the end of the season. After, after we screwed up against Leicester. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you but know, it was nil-nil. I remember Zola coming on and playing absolutely abjectly, absolutely dreadful. Ask yourself another question, chaps. You know, for the people who are listening in Mixler now, um, where, why do you think we sing "We will follow the Chelsea over land and sea"? And Leicester. Because it's such a shit out. Exactly. Um, let's move on, chaps, because we could moan about this forever and we'll just get into a kind of a spiral of moaning, or I will. Um, let's move this on to the other big thing that really happened this week and this weekend, really, which is, uh, which was on Friday, uh, mysteriously, uh, half an hour before the Players' Awards due and the season ticket renewal time. Uh, Steve Atkins uh, read out a statement um, about... John Terry being offered a, a a new contract by all intents and purposes another year. Of course, you know John Terry then steamed back on Instagram saying that he'd been offered a different role, and he's obviously got to go and think about it. Blah 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 blah. But I mean, everybody's trying to kind of second guess what's in it. But I've heard rumours varying from, you know, it might be a coaching role, it might be uh, half, uh, you know, basically getting half what he's earning now, no guarantee of game time. It might be pay. Uh, you know, pay as you play, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of rumour going around it. But I think the really key, the key thing here is that, you know, is it a genuine offer and a genuine retraction to to hear what our, you know, hearing our disapproval about the fact they hadn't done anything about it, or is it just a cynical PR stunt so that they can say, well, hey, you know, we offered him a new contract and he said bollocks to the fans. I'm going to go and take the money in China anyway, and then try and besmirch his reputation by doing so. Um, I'm going to ask uh, Dan this first. Yeah, and that's exactly what I tweeted. I think this is the club trying to exonerate themselves from all the blame. They, they know fans' feelings were very high. So they say, listen, we did all we could. We gave him a contract. He wasn't interested, and he's gone. No, don't blame us. It is, they're looking to the, the, you know, the, all the Chelsea fan base, not just those that, like ourselves who are a bit more sort of clued up. It, it, it's, it's, it's sickening. I mean, they, they should have done this in January or February. They're doing it purely just to save face. They'll turn around and say, We've done what we can. John decided to go. Thank you for your service. Blah blah blah. You know, I mean, if, if it and they, the the money situation won't get bought into. 
brought out to play because if John Terry turns down 50k a week and that's twice, three times some people's annual salary, it makes him look like a complete arse. So they've, they've you know, bot, tried to box clever and argue played John Terry his own game like he did back in, in February after the MK Dons match. Mm. Clayton, what do, you, what, do, what do you think, mate? I think that everybody's actually losing sight of the bigger picture, to be perfectly honest. I think there's two things here. I think none of us know what's going to happen next year and if anybody's going to come in. You have to look and say, does he deserve his place? And looking at our back four, um, yes, he probably does, but he's going to be a year older, or not a year older, a couple of months older at the beginning of next season. And it's a question of whether he can be whether he can contribute to, to, to the team, which I think he probably can. But it's a question of who's going to come in uh, and, and who's going. So I think that that's the most important thing. And none of us know what the situation is as far as that's concerned. Um, my understanding is the last two contracts that John Terry has had have been in March of last year and May in the year before. So the the, the deal about the timings and all the rest of it I think it's a bit of a smokescreen. I think it's not ideal, but 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 the fact it's being played out in public, to me, screams of the club wanting him to go, and John Terry probably wanting to go as well, um, but trying to blame somebody else. I think, for me, the most important thing to keep him is is what he can bring in terms of he seems to be last man standing uh, in in terms of the club ethos and and, and playing wise and. If there's a transition into coaching, then I think it would be great. Um, I really do. But I'm not I'm not gutted if he's going from a playing point of view because I think you have to move on. I mean, he's been brilliant. I just think the way the thing's been handled by both parties is, is sort of not particularly clever. Um, and it's just very sad. It's a sad indictment of the club that this is the way that that the last two or three of our sort of stalwarts have been treated. So I, I don't, I think everybody's a loser in this scenario. I really I, don't, I, that's I, how I feel yeah, about it. I think that's a really, a really good summary actually, Clayton. I mean, it, I have very mixed feelings about it. I mean, if, if he does take a lot of money to go to China, I wouldn't begrudge him that he's a professional. He gets paid to play for Chelsea, simple as, and he's got a responsibility to himself and uh, and his family to earn as much as he can while he can. And I think the other thing is, because a lot of people, I mean, you know, I'm sure Jonathan will comment on this in a second, but a lot of people are going on saying, oh, well, he's really rich, he's got loads of money, and he doesn't need the money. Well, so what? If, if, if you know, if for example, I mean, Jonathan's, you know, works for himself, so it's a bit of a different kind of question, really. But if, if, if Jonathan was a lawyer, uh, a magic circle law firm, and earning... 400 grand a year which is an awful lot of money and then they turn around and say well actually Jonathan we think you're a bit old so we're actually going to pay you 200 grand next year is that okay what would you say Jonathan uh, I would say no it's definitely not okay exactly. how dare you um, uh, but I think he, he will have been offered by um, whatever the club is in China is it Beijing yeah. is that the, the club well we don't um, know actually it could be the, I mean, uh, uh, whoever it is um, 250,000 a week That's the. those are the wages they've offered to all the other um, players who've taken the bait. I think Ramirez is on uh, is on something like that, isn't he? Mm. So, um, uh, I mean, JT uh, allegedly is supposed to be fond of Dosh, so uh, that may be the uh, that may be the carrot. But um, um, uh, regardless of what the situation is with with him, I think uh, um, Clayton, you, you you did express it very capably. I think it's uh, 
Um, I think it's a, a tit for tat. I think it's a face saving contract. I think the timing was was um, suspect to say the least. Suspect, it? yeah. I think, and, the, uh, think the other thing, and, and I think I think we, we we can speculate what the role's going to be, but um, I, I think that the and the wage will be will be very little in comparison to what he's on at the moment. Um, so it's like calling his bluff, really. I think. I think. So. I think that the other thing for me, the the thing that, that that tells me that it's disingenuous is the fact that it's now. You know, why didn't they do this a month ago, two months ago, three months ago? And and again, it smacks of treating us like idiots. You know, what do they think we're that stupid? It's so bloody transparent. It's not true. You know, and that that makes me quite cross. Um, but there we go. I mean, what do you what did you think of the fans' response yesterday? Uh, I mean, particularly the banners, Dan. Which I mean, we've got we've got Richard from We Are the Shed uh, listening in Mixler at the moment. And I know he was uh, hugely responsible for those. And by the way, if you follow We Are the Shed on Twitter, uh, it cost them an absolute bomb to do those um, to do those banners, and they could probably do with a donation. I'm sure Richard, if he's still in there, will will put the link up as to how you can bung them a few quid. But it's well worth it. They do a fine job. As they have done all season, but Dan, what did you think of the banners and, and the fans' response throughout the match? I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I mean, it, it, that's what you want. We don't want this bullshit walking out in twenty six minutes. There were some fantastic banners. You know, we, we showed the club, we showed John Terry how much we think of him, what a player he's been, and I, the twenty six minute applause, absolutely perfect. And the, you know, the, the sporadic John Terry chance. I thought we got it absolutely yeah. spot on, absolutely perfect. I thought the banner was brilliant, completely mm. brilliant. Yeah, I liked it. I didn't get a massively good view of it from where I stand, but I took a photo of it uh, and I posted it on Twitter. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. Is, did you? Yeah, I called it a poster rather stupidly. I was, yeah. I don't know, I was overcome with emotion. Oh, Jonathan. Well, you, well talking of overcome with emotion, um, you know, JT seemed to be quite overcome with emotion, and it was quite funny. I mean, Clayton and I were sitting there listening to it, and and you know, when it, when he said we'll be leading the team out next year, and I said, I said to Clayton, does that mean he's staying? And then he said something else later, and then they said, does that mean he's going? So it was like everybody was hanging on every word, weren't they, Clayton? Well, I read something today which basically said that when he said, you know, we want to be here next year or what yeah. have you, he, 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 was refer- he was referring to himself and his agent rather than the team. <laughs> I don't, I don't That's know. That's really I mean, cruel. I know, cruel. I know, I know. But I... <sighs> You know that you can be very cynical about this and basically say if he wants to be at the club that much, he'll sign whatever he's given. End of. Do you know um, what? That's 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 not fair on him. But just looking from the outside, if somebody says, "I love this club, I don't want to go," blah blah blah. If the club give him a year's contract, reduce money, I you know, would would it's a different thing to what you were saying. You were quite right about the uh, about should you accept less than what you're worth. But to Chelsea, if that's what he's worth, that's what he's worth. Mm. If he's worth more to somebody else, then it's up to him. But I don't, this is the thing, I don't think they have there. And I had a big argument, well, not a big argument, I had a discussion with Rick Glanville on the way into the ground yesterday. And, and, and Rick was, you know, again, you know, quite, uh, he, he was quite ambivalent about the JT thing and, and pinning a lot of the nonsense that's been going on and saying that his agent is, is equally at fault. And I, I, I agree with that to a certain extent. Um, but I said that at the end of the day, you know, sure. You know, his time as a as a world class defender is is definitely on on the wane. And there's a very good case and a very good argument to say that perhaps he doesn't, you know, have the right to play every game next season. But I said the thing is, is that, you know, what you're losing when you lose JT, and and you know, you can you you know you can lose JT the player, sure, but losing JT the man, as in 
the guy, the last guy that came up through the academy, the guy that's played for this club for 21 years, the guy who's been our most successful captain, the guy who can pass on that culture and that mentality of winning and what it really means to play like uh, play for Chelsea, the man who uh, I think uniquely amongst all of the players of the last 10 or 15 years has a very special relationship with the supporters. You can't replace that. So if you can still keep that in the club for a while, even if he's not playing, you should do everything you can to do it. I mean, Carragher, bless his little heart, said much the same uh, last week, didn't he? About, about you know, that the, the Liverpool did the same to Gerald and, and to a certain extent him. And he understood the benefit of trying to keep that. Goose Hiddink made the same kind of point, didn't he, Jonathan? He did, but I wonder whether, um, you know, Conti's got different plans, whether Conti's got his mind on two other centre-halves or has said I'll make it work with uh, with Zuma and Hector or you know we can't we can't tell and um, uh, he, he may become a disruptive influence that's their other feeling if he's got this ability if he's a slightly contentious character or um, uh, it has been known to do that we're, we're not party to what goes on in the dressing room Mm. He might he might be slightly divisive on occasion. Well, who, well, he's got a strong personality, and he's strong. he's definitely the last of that line. You know, and Conte may have said, "I'm sorry, you know, I've got an idea for a centre half. I want to play a certain way, and he's now too slow." But that goes he's... back to what I was saying last week, Jonathan, which was, you know, then I want the club to be more bloody transparent and treat us like adults and come out and say, "Look, guys, he's been here 21 years. He's been a great servant of the club, but you know what? It's time to." It's time to move on. We, 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 we want to go a different. We want to go a different direction. I think a lot of supporters would accept that if it was well, honest I, and transparent. I agree, but if you look at the way that the, even the Ancelotti book, um, it's all a bit secret, isn't it? It's no. all a bit uh, very proved alike, mate. Cover, yeah. It's all a bit you funny, know, that isn't it? Get rid of people and don't really tell them what's happening. Airbrush them out of history. Yeah, mate. and we yeah. and we uh, we take second place to that. I mean, I. I th- you know the handling of the whole CPO shares. We are but originally. peasants on the Russian steppes, mate. <laughs> yes, indeed. We're statistics. Listen very quickly, guys, because we've got to move on to part part two. But uh, a little bit of a round table. Clayton, will he stay or will he go? Go, go, Dan. Uh, go, go, go. Yeah. yeah. I was going to make a very quick point. It just sums up the club and their football knowledge when they think Michael Hector is. Is better than John Terry. I'd take a, a 36-year-old John Terry over Michael Hector every day of the week. Silly old Hector. Yeah. Uh, so that's two goes. Jonathan. Go. You go, yeah. Well, I'm just going to be me, and I say th- I think he might stay just just to be different. But I, I, really, I don't know. I think it's fifty. I think it's fifty-fifty. But I tell you what, and I and I'd be interesting to just collectively if you would agree with me on this. But if he does go, I won't mm. think any less of him. That's for sure. He can't do. He's left because he's been forced out, not because he's wanted to leave. I mean, you, would, I think that's. Would you agree with that, Clayton and Jonathan? Well, no. I think he's put. Um, he, he stated it quite capably himself by saying, "I now have to consider the offer," which I thought was, uh, which meant that it was at a stage where you think, "All right, they've got to negotiate." I think he it saved him some face actually. Mm. Clayton, I, I've well, I've, I've said. Will you, will you think what? any less of him if he goes? No, of course not. No, that was the question. I, I, I mean, absolutely not. You know, and and yeah, no. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, listen, breaking news here, which is much more important than JT staying or leaving Chelsea Football Club. That's for damn bloody sure. But the wonderful, marvellous CFC unofficial, aka Deb, says, "I managed to catch Chidge in my photo of the banner in the Matthew Harding." 
how can this be, uh, Debs? I, I need photographic evidence of this because I sit in well, such a well, peculiar uh, place. Then the, the baldy boy standing next to you is me. Well, I think, I don't know. Debs, please uh, text me that picture so I can see because I can't believe that you managed to get me in. And, Fidge, um, I, I got you in as well, you? but you're, do, you're just a speck. Okay. You're just He's a speck just at a the speck. football, speck at the football. <laughs> All right, we must move on uh, to part two, onwards and upwards. Anyway, after the break, we'll have a look back at the game. Oh, sorry, chaps, downhill from here. Uh, Baba, William and Matic, I think. We need to look at their performances in particular and we'll also give our verdict on the youth players who played a bit part. We will see you in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to Chelsea Fancast, the last show of the season. Hooray, I hear you all cry, and I wouldn't blame you for one minute. Uh, but thankfully, I've got Jonathan Kidd and Dan Silver and Clayton Beerman. Oh. Hello. I've got them Hello. lovely Hello. boys Hello. to keep me company, certainly for the next hour and a half anyway. Uh, and then... Hopefully, I'll catch up with them in the summer, but you never know. Um, now, um, as you know, we were talking a minute ago about me being a bit pissy about um, our fans being far too uh, applaud- applauding and uh, praiseworthy and basically being far too nice to Leicester, which I just think goes against the grain of why I like football. But there is a wonderful post on Mixler, which I need to share with you boys. I don't know if you've seen it, uh, but it's brilliant, so I shall read it out. And it's also from the brilliantly named... Uh, Dalla Bonner's beautiful hair, which is, which is is up there with uh, with some of. The, I mean, we've got some great avatars uh, and names that people have in Mixler. Alan, I saw Alan May's score, certainly being one of my favourites, and Planet Earth is Blue being a close second. But Dalla Bonner's beautiful hair has got to be up there. But this wonderful person says, uh, he says, a unique scenario, no harm done. I'm a middle-aged man and also remember Leicester in the old days but still thought it showed Chelsea fans in a good light and showed a certain maturity. Do you know what? I find that I find it difficult to argue with that. I think that's a very very fair point. Um and and, and I I mean I, but we could have we could have like, you know, but why during the game? Why during the game? Why applaud the opposition's goal? I don't understand. Maybe it's me. And I, I, I would freely admit, Della Bonner's hair, that I, I am a 50-year-old man living inside of a, a 15-year-old's mental state, I think. But I, 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 I think you're right. I, I think it is nice that we're showing a good light and we showed a certain maturity, but it's just something that sticks just in my core. completely back on what you've been no, saying. No, I said I understand. So no, listen, Jonathan, I said I understand it, and I think that's a very fair point, but it sticks in my core. You weren't it at all earlier. Oh, shut up. Would you just listen? I, I just said I understand where he's coming from and that's a fair point but I don't agree with it because it's not why I go to football so tell me which is which is a, which is a U-turn on Thatcher-esque proportions there well you were just you were you know you were banging on the drum earlier on about how dreadful and I stand by that but I just I still think he makes a valid point which is fair enough I can see oh, both okay. sides of it but I know which side I'm on is that clear enough yeah okay bloody hell you're like a rottweiler <laughs> you are try bring it on JK Bring it on. Anyway, we should move, we should really move on uh, and talk about the game, much as it pains me to say so. Um, my overview of the game, really, and I, I was talking to Clayton about this when we were walking out. I mean, it was 
Very curious egg again, really, just like the season as a whole. I thought we played pretty well first half and pretty poor the second. Uh, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it was. I think if you want to look at our season in a nutshell, yesterday was a game. Some, you know, some nice bits and ponderous, slow, you know, poor transition from defence to attack, and then typical standing off, giving them a, a shot from twenty-five yards and let them score. Which so the was, goalkeeper could probably have got done better. That we. Do you, do you really not, think so? I've not seen it to be honest. It looked like it was a, a well-placed, powerful shot. I well, mean, again, he did go down him, late. Somebody but could have closed him down, you know, for God's sake. Let's ask the goalkeeper. Ran, nobody, nobody ran at him at all. I actually felt that um, um, Schmeichel just proved what a, a proper goalkeeper's like, because he made some fa- absolutely fantastic mm. saves. And uh, um, we don't appear to have had anybody this season who's made any fantastic saves for us. Fantastic errors. Clayton, what's your thoughts on the goal? Because obviously the goalkeeper amongst us. I watched the goal again and it is a very, very harsh man or woman that says that Tebow should have got that. That was that 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 was it was going away from him the whole time. Mm. I know um, I've got I've got it in for Tebow though. No, I know, and 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 he's been shocking. There is no doubt he's he's been really really poor this season. But I have to say, if you're going to put blame on anybody, you, you need to put blame on whoever in the midfield didn't close it down because the ball was played into Kante. Kante had what seemed like about 20 minutes to control the ball, lay it back to drink water and drink water. There was nobody on drink water. That's true. There's no, nobody made it. He stepped forward and spanked the ball. And I, yeah. I, I think, you know, a goalkeeper is very reliant on his defence. and uh, or, or lack of it in that Tebow, respect. Yeah, and however bad Tebow's been this season, he ain't been helped by what's been in front of him. Mm. Mm. No, that's true. That's true. So I thought that, um, that Dave had a good game yesterday because I thought he's... Um, he uh, his blocking was was exceptional. He did something in the second half was completely superb. Hurled himself at the ball and hit him on the back and went off. Um, and I, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he's done. He's done better the last few games than some of the other players. Talking of me. talking of defenders, chaps. Um, I, 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 you know, one thing that really astonished me yesterday was that actually Baba Rapman played. I thought. I mean, he can play. Where did this come from? I thought he had a really decent game. I mean, for example, he kept. Uh, Mares, who you you delighted in exclaiming was the player of the year this year, but he kept him absolutely quiet all game. Uh, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I thought he, he looked like you know a twenty million pound player. He, he marked him well, went forward well, gave the ball, so used the ball well. I thought he looked a decent game, but then it's you know argument is it's a, it's a pointless game. No one was playing at full speed, so maybe it was a, a full storm that Mares was sort of not at the race, so yeah. to speak. Although, I mean, I watched Match of the Day last night and, you know, caught a bit of it anyway and, and they were all very effusive about Leicester clearly, you know, they they weren't saying that. They said Leicester showed that their, their determination, they hate to lose and they were trying to win and they salvaged a yeah, the point, bollocks. you know. It's all bollocks. Well, they do normally talk bollocks, don't they, to be it's fair. Can I just say yeah, something of course. about Barbara? Um, uh, I think Barbara's absolutely dreadful. And I, I don't know what you were watching yesterday. Oh, I thought he played quite he, well he, comparatively he for him. Away, he, he gave the ball away nearly every single time he got it. And he does that dreadful thing that only poor fullbacks do, which is they'll get the ball in a situation down the line and not look up and just boot it down the line. And they give the ball away every time. He gave the ball away about eight times yesterday. Yeah, but you see, it's all a comparison, Jake, Jonathan, and normally he gives it away about 16 times, so on that basis I thought he was a lot better. You know what I'm saying here? He cannot figure in any Chelsea plans for next year, if he is still playing next year, 
I don't want to. I don't want to give him an opportunity. He has had lots of opportunities. He is not good enough. Yeah. I'm sorry, mate. I, he, him, know. him, and eighty percent of that team right now. I would say. I mean, I know, I, one of the things. One of the things. One of the things that I, I noticed massively ye- yesterday. And I, I take your point about Baba. I, I also happen to think he played a lot better than he has done recently. And I think maybe maybe I was overlooking the fact that Morris perhaps had gone on the beach. I don't know. But I just thought he did Morris hasn't been playing very yeah. well for them the last few weeks. I was appalled at the amount of times that passes were going astray, balls being given away, all this kind of thing from the whole lot of the team yesterday, Jonathan. I mean... Oh, everybody yeah. did it. Everybody you did know, it. I agree. I yeah, agree. Absolutely. And, and William, William has been poor the last four or five, six games. Well, I was. He's, I was. He's, he's been great for the rest of the season, though. You know. I'm, but. I'm glad you pointed that out. Again, I think I said this to Dan and, and Clayton in the pub after the game. I, I, I think he's played like shit for the last three or four weeks. But I, I, I think Clayton pointed it out to me that you know, to be fair, he's been carrying the team all this season, so it's obviously taken a bit of a toll. I mean, it's pretty, it was you, wasn't it, Clayton, who told me that? It was, it was indeed. I just going back to Baba. I, I think it's quite interesting. That's called I a think segue, he... Clayton. But don't worry about it. <laughs> I know. Okay, I'll talk about William. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I want to go back there, to Baba because I, I don't know. I just wanted to say something about Baba. I thought that he did. He wasn't quite as awful as um, as Jonathan was saying. But I think he did a lot of hard work and he did a lot of tackling back and winning the ball. But he then gives it away. And the reason why he's running back and, 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 and tackling is because he's out of position. Yeah. We paid 20 plus million pounds for this guy. This is not somebody, if you're paying that sort of money for a fullback, this is not somebody who needs to learn on the job. You expect somebody to come in and be start running accomplish fullback at Absolutely. 20 million pounds. Anyway, no, William has. Um, it's it's really strange actually. I think he he basically, like Gus, once we were safe from going down, I think he's just basically given a huge sigh and gone. <sighs> I, I and just I, wonder what the mentality of William is, uh, Clayton. You know, you 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 know, the, he's the only player, uh, yeah. the only player that has consistently played at as good as you know at a level as good as last season arguably actually better than last season he's the only one who's upped his game for 80-90% of the season and he's looked around and watched watched players be the the shadow of themselves and I mean if you're if you're William what is going through your head when you're watching that I don't know I really don't know because you are basically I think the dressing room for whatever, and and, we, and we've said this before, how the whole Mourinho thing hasn't come out and what's happened, I don't know. But I think the bottom line is X number of players down tools. They stop playing. William is obviously a good pro and he just plays football and he plays football to the best of his ability. And I suspect that once he carried us over the line, he basically thought, I'm knackered. Mm. <laughs> um, and, he, and he may well be. And he has he's upped his game because I think a lot of people said last year that um, he was he was good he was very good but he didn't there, there was no end product well the, the beginning of the season if you remember he scored a lot of yeah. goals a lot of free kicks and and there was his end product and you know a couple of the goals he scored the goal he scored at home against Porto if you remember it was a fantastic goal I mean the guy you know player of the year without shadow of doubt. No competition. Well, I was going um, to say about the Player of the Year. We all, we all, we're all in agreement with that, surely. I mean, we were saying it as far back as 
November, I think, weren't we? Dan, you're, you're okay with that? Yeah, I mean, there's, there, there's nobody else even close, and yeah. you couldn't hold a cat, and yeah, that was it. It was, it was, a, it was a given. Jonathan? I thought we, I thought we were all going to vote for Boaty McChell's face. Pappy, Pappy Jillabodgy. Yeah, that was it, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was just... Yeah, no, but I, I voted for it. It was brilliant. I agreed completely. Yeah. His performance, while we were dreadful, was, uh, was, was on a different level from everybody else. Mm, okay. Um, going back to actually, you know, what what Clayton? What did you did you see much stuff from the player players awards do at all? Uh, I saw virtually nothing. No. I wasn't really very interested. No, me to be neither. Honest. I, I saw I saw the vine of John Terry Crying. sort of on the verge of tears again. Mm. Um, I saw that Ruth, Ruben Loftus Cheek got Young Player of the Year, which I thought was disgraceful. Well, because he doesn't deserve it. I think that Traore's adapted to, to you know, his opportunity actually far better than him. I mean, I know Jonathan will say that, but I was surprised. But I mean, <laughs> they've basically done it because he's played more. Well, he got he got knackered yeah. walking up to get the award. He, he did think... what? Sorry, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, Dan. What did you say? I said he, he got knackered walking up to get the award. <laughs> yeah, and then he couldn't find it. Exactly. Yeah. I he was, was trying to trap the stage. I was told that there was a. Uh, it came down from above a directive from Abramovich that he had to be uh, given a priority as the the one youth who would who would play as much as possible and be encouraged yeah. because he particularly under under Goose because he felt that uh, uh, Mourinho had destroyed him. Really? Yes. This is this was a piece of information I got given. It could be rubbish or whatever well it, no and it so, makes sense it makes sense jonathan it I makes think. sense doesn't it and when, when you was... go back to kind of november we talked about it on the show and it was all very he's just taking him off after 40 minutes what's that going to do to him i remember you telling me that yeah yeah, yeah. and um and but... so it wouldn't surprise me that um um it's taking the kind of russian thing even further forward but player of the year was rigged and uh, <laughs> maybe maybe it was in conjunction with the eurovision song contest yes but can i can i just say if if it was rigged, I mean, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. I, I doubt whether Traore is going to sort of be in a in a stupor of depression because he didn't win it. If it does something for for Loftus Cheek, if it helps him, if it if he's a confidence lad and that's the sort of thing that will really make him step up, then fine. He's not been brilliant, but I keep reading from people who know about these things, and I don't know about them. Um, that he's not playing in his right position. No, I agree with I that. Yeah. You know, and 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 consider that. We, and Jonathan said this on on numerous podcasts, and Dan as well. The step up to get into that first team, and then play somewhere where you're not actually familiar. I mean, who hands up? Who remembers um, Bertie Traore being put at left back yeah. by yeah. Jose? You know what? What's that all about? There, there was an article. I don't know how many of you guys read it and how many people on Mixler read it that was, that was doing the rounds about two weeks ago. It was a really long article and it was all about our youth setup. Joe. And Jay Tweeds. No, it wasn't oh, Joe. Oh, no, it was, it was that guy else. I've never it heard was, of, but it was, it was brilliant. Not, yeah, it was an anonymous blog and yeah. I actually think it was written by one of the coaches. Wow. Because it was so in-depth and it was basically talking about how we'd blown away everybody in Europe etc etc and how because we haven't integrated a lot of these players we're falling further behind different different thing but I think it, if that gives Loftus-Cheek a bit of confidence and I, I don't care if it was rigged mm. yeah 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 I mean look talking look, my, talk... what, he's got to, what he's got to do is he's he's got to actually he, he lost the ball I was watching him again he, he, he loses the ball and makes no effort to get it back which I find absolutely bizarre 
no, I agree. It, 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 I just don't get it. I you know from it from even my my pathetic attempts at being a footballer. You lose the ball. You don't just stand there. You try and get it back. That's what you do. I tell you, who does that wonderfully. Who is is he is so lightweight in this in this uh, Premiership? Is Pedro, who constantly loses the ball in his tackle, but by goodness, he has a bloody good go at getting it yeah. back. Mm. That's a very yeah. good point. Listen, let's. I mean, we kind of like dipped our toe in into talking about the the youth, and. Uh... You know, I mean, I, 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 we've done to death how disappointed we are that Gus hasn't really, you know, delivered what he promised. But but yesterday, hey, no, no, you can't. Good. Hang on a minute. No, Jonathan, good. hang on. Um, <laughs> Tamari was good. I thought you were about to segue into Liverpool. No, no, we haven't done the youth yet. That was my point. But, uh, you know, yesterday we, we had Traore play. We had Abraham come on for Traore. Obviously, Loftus-Cheek came on. And we also had Tamari making his debut. Um, and I'd be interested to know what you thought of. I mean, I mean, personally, I thought Tamori did quite well. I don't think he looked out of place at all. And I think that Abraham also didn't look out of place and almost scored an absolute worldie. He was only a few inches past that post. Yeah. I agree with what you say about Ruben Loftus Cheek, Jonathan. I thought his passing was all over the shop, but then so was most of the teams. And I thought Traore was okay, but I think I've seen him play better when he's come on. But Jonathan, pick it up. No, um, I thought Tomori had a really good debut. He mm. looked, he looked strong. He looked confident. He made some good runs. Um, he tackled well. Yeah. I suddenly thought, hey, this makes sense. This is a youth who's yeah. come in and he's he's looking the part. Yeah, he's absolutely. looking okay. You know, and I wasn't. I'm not. I'm not trying to make him play well. You know, I'm not going. Yeah, he did well. Yeah, he did okay. Lots of lots of supporters with all the others are going. Yeah, they're doing okay. I don't want somebody to say they're looking okay. I want people to go. Hey, he fits in well. This mm. is looking good. You and, know, rather and, and, than I know we've got to give them a chance, but we we're not living in that world anymore. We're living in a world where people have to come in and do well. But do, and, but and, do you uh, think uh, he did okay, or so, did you think tomorrow, he did well? I thought, yeah, I was really impressed, <clears> Tamori. <throat> I thought of of all the players who've come in, you think, yeah, he could fit in easily. Mm. I mean, all right, as we've said, it wasn't a it wasn't a highly charged game, but you know, he he you look at the the others. Traore um, uh, got pushed off the ball an enormous amount. Abraham is is had a good go, but similarly, Morgan did for him. Morgan was a, is a very difficult player. But he's to play a brute, isn't he, mate? He's a brute. Yeah. Um, Ruben Loftus Cheek for me, it, it, it just doesn't doesn't run enough, um, run back enough. And uh, yet, Tamori, I thought. He's looking good, pretty good, mm. you know. Let's let's I, let's see what happens, you know. Let's see whether he can. But he, he he may he may not be picked by Conti. We don't know what's going to happen next year. No, we don't. I mean, and it's all up in the air again, isn't it? I mean, one thing I would say about Loftus Cheek, and and, and I think Clayton mentioned it a minute ago, but I, I generally don't think he's been played in, in the his right, place. right position. And his right position is, I mean, I hate to sound all Joe Tweeds about it, but on the double pivot, you know, where Matic was playing yesterday. And and this is what disappoints me, you know. What that says really is that Gus doesn't trust him to play there, and nobody's trusted him to play there. Which is, well, but you know, play him there and find out if he can do it. If you're prepared to play, why play him out of position? It's like all the fucking England managers. Half the team they pick, they play them in the wrong position, and they do, they, they play like shit. Ooh, I wonder why. You know, surely when Matich was stinking the place out like he has been for most of this season. Why didn't they take the risk, Dan, of putting Loftus Cheek in what is supposed to be his rightful position? I have no idea. Just it's, it's baffling. I mean, if you don't it wear a pair, he's a physical specimen. I mean, he's a big unit. He's strong. He could easily do it. I mean, it's it's an absolutely pointless shit game at the end of the season. Nothing riding on it. Fucking pay where he should be playing. Mm. We know what Matic can do. 
you know, if we, if we, unless we try to put these players in the shop window, and that's the only reason that they're playing, we want to sell them. But it just makes absolutely no sense. Have him, have him play where he wants to play. Let's see if he can do it. We should have done this 10 games ago. Mm. Had all these players coming in, integrated for 60, 70 minutes, alongside Mikel, alongside Matic. Let's see what they can do. And digressing with Jonathan, because um, they put uh, Tomori right back and he's a centre-back, mm. which didn't make any sense. They moved Aspi to centre-half mm. and then put yes, they did. They right did back. Bizarrely. They did, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, I, I just I think I think we'd all we've, we've talked about it you know week in week out haven't we for about the last couple of months but I, I just see it as a wasted opportunity it really has been and they had a they had probably a once in a lifetime chance in terms of you know the lifetime of where we are at the club at the moment of actually you know to, you know get, getting some of these youngsters game time finding out if they could do it or not in the Premier League with very little risk you know if 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 we were going to write the season off as nonchalantly as we seem to have done under goose's management then surely we had no risk it just beggars belief uh, it really does clayton what, what, what do you think about that well um you know because i've written in my blogs i've been absolutely I disgusted Great I, blogs, I, I, I just by the way, mate. Uh, thank you i just i just think that i can't believe the opportunity we've wasted mm. i really can't believe it but I, 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 I had an argument with a mate of mine all the way to the ground talking about this. Uh, I had an argument with Rick about it. Yeah, but Ricky's are very uh, argumentative, to be fair. No, 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 I know. But but, but the, I can't see what the argument is. Nobody, but nobody, and I'm certainly not saying this. I am not saying bring in seven of them. And to be honest, we could have done that because the games don't matter. I'm told the games matter because our position in the league, yada, yada, yada. Bollocks. Absolute crap. Um, I mean, the Tamori thing, he comes on, absolutely looks very confident, knows exactly what he's doing. He is a centre-half. So what do we do? We stick him at right back. OK, well, that's, you know, that's Chelsea. Aina, I know that Aina, if Aina doesn't want to sign a contract, then I can sort of understand why the, why the, the, the team don't want to, you know, why the club don't want to pick him. But the thing is, my understanding is he doesn't want to sign a new contract because he can't see a way into the team. And he probably looks at how crap Ivanovic has been this year yeah. and thinks if if they're not going to give me a chance to play there with with him in front of me, Branner's fantastic. Branner's a club legend and he gives everything every single game. But he has been poor mm. a lot of this season and he's been holding it down. There are, you know... I mean, Casey Palmer. They couldn't have stuck him on for twenty minutes. Well, something. I, I was going to say, mate, on a, on a related point, and and you've you've done an, a, a wonderful segue there, Clayton. So you should award, you. award yourself a gold star. Um, but we should just unfortunately take a little bit of time before we go to part two talking about the Liverpool game. And one of the points that I, I've got in the script here is McKellar's centre back. What on earth does that say to the youngsters? If you're if you're if you're you know one of the youngsters uh, who is a centre back. At Chelsea in the in the wider squad at the moment, and you see Mikel playing there instead of you. What on earth does that say to you? I think buying just... me buying me Asga was the same thing. What did that say to them? Well, well? I agree entirely, mate. You know, whatever. I mean, you know what? Somebody was talking about this in the pub. I'm sure it was uh, before the game. It may even have been the wonderful Reverend Tony Glover who is. Uh, waging a one-man crusade on Mixler at the moment, telling everybody to stop coating off the players and selling players, and I'm kind of inclined to agree with him to a certain extent. But what he what he was saying, what we were saying beforehand, was that you know two or three years ago we went up, 
who's eating? Nobody. Mm. <laughs> we uh, we went up to Liverpool about <laughs> about two or three years ago, and remember we had injuries all over the shop. And we ended up with Callis and Christensen making their debuts, and they they were absolutely bloody fantastic. And not only have they been you know longed off on loan to some far foreign field, but then you're right, Jonathan Hector. Papi Gilabogi, Miazga have all been brought in, it seems to me, over and above them. And it just makes you wonder what on earth is going on. But I'm, I was particularly peeved seeing Mikel playing a, a centre-back because I just thought, well, well, what is the point, Dan? What is the point? I don't know. It, it just, it's baffling. I mean, my, my argument with Callas is that he's gone on loan to Middlesbrough. Hasn't got a look in. So, yes, he may have had an outstanding game, but maybe he's not that good. Same, same with Bamford. I know we're digressing slightly. But all these players who, who, who've who gone on loan, maybe they are just good championship players and step up from where they've been to where we are. Is it, Poor you know, old Bamford. Um, Bamford's been disastrous, hasn't it? Well, that, yeah, because he's, I think he... Palace doesn't play. Goes to Norwich doesn't play. I think he's just a very good championship player, and that's his level, because... You know, he's, he's he's gone to Palace and Pardew. Pardew's a bit of a knob, but he he knows a striker, and he's gone to a struggling Norwich team who can't score goals, can't get in the team, and can't get a game. And I don't think he scored this season. So you know, that's his level. He's, he's, he's a championship played player. this season. Well, he, I know, but yeah, but you see these players in the training ground. If you're a struggling team, you give you give you know give Bamford a chance because he's Cameron Jerome can't score for Toffee. The other player, Mumbaki, whatever his name is, hasn't scored any goals, so why not give Bamford a chance? But I know we're completely digressing. Here we are. Problem is, Liverpool problem game. Is, Liverpool game, it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, bring Miaskar in, unless he's injured. Mm. I don't know. I think I yeah. think, I think his, his his confidence is injured, that's for sure. And I think I don't think Goose, <clears throat> thinks, he, Goose doesn't play them because he doesn't think they're good enough. Yeah, but I mean, you know... The, the, yeah, and and you know what? Normally, I would say fair play. Don't play players who are going to play like shit. You know, I would totally agree with that. But as I said a minute ago, Jonathan, this is probably a unique opportunity that we've had in the last two months. You know, once we were out the Champions League and the FA Cup and, and we had nothing to play for, effectively, and we were going to be safe. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match... And they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month. And you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Ginge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. That was the, the you know, in, 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 the, in the bigger picture context of a club ro- run by Roman Abramovich, it was probably the only chance we might ever get to be able to play some of these kids and find out if they're good enough in a risk-free environment. I agree, but if he's decided already, Goose, that, for example, Miazga isn't good enough... Well, then, well, then Goose is a fat old Dutch prick game, and good riddance to him, is what I can say about that. Yeah, well, perhaps he's decided that already, so he goes, oops, I better play Mikel at centre-back. Oh, it's just shithousery and a load of bollocks if you ask me having said that though I thought we played well against Liverpool but it has yeah. in particular other than, other than the yeah. first 15 minutes where we were like played like old men it was completely appalling yeah. we suddenly kicked in and Hazard was fantastic yeah wasn't he just what a goal fantastic. what a goal what a goal yeah. and then the whole thing is rendered um, oh. impotent by a ridiculously stupid goalkeeping error at the end for God's sake I mean, talk about that. I mean, it was it was a very poor, it was very poor, wasn't it, Jonathan? Very poor. Utterly poor. Utterly poor. Uh, but but I, it it seemed to me I don't know what I mean. Clayton, I'd be interested to hear what Clayton has to say about this because uh, being it being that he is a fan of the goalkeeper. But I remember, do you remember a very very bizarre film, uh, Jonathan? I know will. Uh, but Clayton, do you remember a film by um, Vim Vendors called The Goalkeeper's Fear of the Penalty? <laughs> Just say yes or no. Uh... I, I remember the title. I you don't do. think he's ever lucky enough okay. to see it. Okay, I'm going to make another film this year, and I'm going to call it The Goalkeeper's Fear of the Cross. Uh, as Mark Worrell said, our, our goalkeepers are more scared of crosses than Dracula. What is going on, Clayton? Um, I don't really know, and you have to say that Begovic came to us as a very decent goalkeeper, yeah, and by the end of it, he looks like an absolute crackpot um, Courtois came as a very good goalkeeper and he's gone downhill I mean you must have the common denominator as well as Sean, because he, he does all the coaching and if, if you know three top goalkeepers have gone from top of their game to shit yeah I mean yeah. It, it, it is it's tempting to say that isn't it I mean you know I mean the trouble is he was so good for Petr Cech so you kind of all wonder well how can this be but Courtois clearly doesn't like him because he got no. injured didn't he and during one of his training regimes but there you go but it is a bit odd, Jonathan, isn't it? You know that the goalkeeping seems to have gone down downhill rapidly, and that was, as you said, when we started talking about this, Jonathan. This, this is, it was definitely a goalkeeping error. Oh, but well, he, he palmed it beautifully onto Benteke's head. Well, no, they, it was his chest. Was, or was it his it was, chest? Yeah, I, I mean, it was because because remember how shit Benteke is. And I mean, you know, he could have probably done it anywhere, but he basically the ball just hit him and went back in. It was just yes. unbelievable, wasn't it? Well, but, if he'd let, even if he'd let it go, Benteke wouldn't have got it. But uh, he, he, he beautifully placed it right onto Benteke. Hey, hey. But it was so depressing because I thought it was, well, we're going to end end Liverpool's uh, uh, unbeaten at home for nine matches. Uh, um, um, success they've been having this season, and uh, and we've played well. Second half, we looked really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I thought we played well. I really do. It was really disappointing, and it's kind of so redolent of this season, isn't it? That when we do play well, we just can't seem to win a bloody football match. You know, Leicester draw, again was the same, wasn't it? Jesus. Well, Leicester was a, was the same again yesterday. I think yeah. we were playing well enough to have deserved to win that game, and then we all go to sleep and blah. Duh. Thank God this season is over. Is all I can say. 
uh, from a footballing point of view. Now, uh, for those of you out there who are who have got rather like bored of us moaning about everything, which I completely understand, um, it's all right. You've only got another hour of it to go. I promise. Actually, no. There'll be some interesting stuff coming up in part three because hopefully we'll we'll get Clayton back for one, and secondly, uh, we've got a few emails. Now, un- unlike the normal bit where we read the emails out. I decided that these are so good that we could actually have a talk around them because they come up with some very, very interesting points. So after this break, we will read a couple of these emails out and we'll also probably just have a final kind of say on what we think about the end of the season, etc., etc. We will see you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. I am Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. We are part three. There are only two parts left of the Chelsea Fancast for this season, so we will try and not be as miserable as I fear that we have been for the last hour. And to guarantee. Uh, less miserability. We have the wonderful Clayton Beerman back with us, not sounding like a Dalek. Hello. Crystal clear, mate. Lovely to hear you. Dan? Hello. Good to have you back. And uh, for those of you who were listening on Mixler during the little break that we had, they will have been entertained royally by the strumming of Jonathan Kidd. Hello. How about that? Did you get any, um, you know, did you put a a kind of a virtual hat out and get any change thrown at you? My daughter's come in, and she? she's uh, she's. Um, Daddy, shut up! She's yeah, she's not giving me any kind no. of kudos at oh, all for that. So. Should we get on with in the? Fact, uh, she's trying to set up a chessboard. Is she? I'm going to try and play chess with her while I'm doing the podcast. Okay, well you can't do that now because you've got to read some emails out, old fruit. I know it's true. You've got to earn your keep. So uh, we've got the first one from a, a, a lad called Arpan, I believe. Indeed, um, right. Um, Good. There's nothing here that I have difficulty pronouncing, as there are in a couple of others. Um, uh, hi, guys. Still haven't digested our season till this date. It's extremely devastating, even though I'm getting used to losing or drawing most of the games. I would like to ask a question. We sacked our best manager this season, apparently because he lost the dressing room. If that's the case, why, why do we, we have need... better signposts? <laughs> <laughs> If that's the case, why do we need an overhaul of players? If the manager was at fault, then if we put a new great manager in, then shouldn't it be okay? We were very close to winning the title two seasons ago. We won a season ago, lost it this season. Was it the manager's fault? Why would Jose say what he said after the post-Leicester game? Please give me an answer. Who is to blame for this season? If it's the manager, then we should be winning all the games once he got sacked or shouldn't be needing several new players for next season. I'm just extremely pissed. I think that means pissed off. Unlike, unlike the Chidge version. Yeah, indeed. As I had informed uh, a couple of months ago, I'm quite sure Roman is going to sell a big stake of his share. It's becoming a reality <clears throat> because he's going to ask some Chinese company to invest in the stadium. Dun, I dun, love, dun. love JT, Arpan. Blimey, that's quite a, a bombshell at the end, isn't it? We should talk about that as well. But um, sh- should we talk about his the, answer the first question? His first question first. Do you want to have a stab at that, Jonathan? First. Um, well, I think we've talked about this before, haven't we? Which is that um, 
if he's such a great manager, uh, the, the, the economic debate as to whether he they should start getting rid of the players instead instead of instead of the manager and keeping the manager, it doesn't work like that, does it? Because no. all the players add up to so much more than the than the worth of the manager, and uh, and if he's uh, and you then can't get the players in because you'd have to wait until the um, the transfer window and you wouldn't get the players you wanted anyway. So the manager unfortunately has to go. Yeah, it's the it, easiest it, it, thing to do, isn't it? It's the easier. Well, it, it it's it's it makes economic sense. Mm. It makes it also from just the timing of it. You can't wait until the following season because you may be relegated, um, as was was being proven at the time. So. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, that's we we debated that in a previous program actually, shouldn't we? Didn't mm. we? Dan, what would you uh, would you add anything to that? I mean, the manager's always going to take the blame, irrespective of what goes on. I think if you're looking for the wider picture, I think it's it's a top to bottom absolute catastrophe of a season. You know, you've got to start a Roman, work your way down the chain, and everyone's got collective responsibility. You know, transfer committee coming back late for the um, pre-season. Jose's meltdowns, players underperforming. I mean, it's 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 you know the the England World Cup squad. It's collective responsibility for everyone. I don't think you can blame one individual, although one individual is taking the blame. Mm. Clayton, uh, my views are very clear. They have been the whole time. Is basically, I would have sacked fifteen players and kept Jose, and 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 nothing. <laughs> Nothing has happened since he's gone to change my mind. I love you, Clayton. That, that, 45, that 45 minutes against Tottenham at home in the second half told you everything you need to know about the players, and um, that, that's all I've got to say. I love you, Clayton. God, we've missed you on the show. Where have you been in the last few weeks, you, you, naughty, you naughty man, you? We missed you. NFI mate and, NFI. oh no 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 you were you were unavailable mate you're probably probably busking with the London is blue boys weren't you uh, no yes oh, okay the, the Chels no. no okay Podding Shed I will be on that on Wednesday will you okay for those of you who haven't quite had enough of Clayton Beerman this season fear not he will be on the Podding Shed with the right reverend Tony Glover on the Wednesday mission. Yes, I will. I will. I will remove my miserable old scrotum. No, to that uh, thing. we wouldn't have it anywhere. I mean, you know, I think it's a really, it's a really interesting question, and um, and I'm sh- we've all been asking all season. Uh, you know, I know we did it at the time, but I think it's occurred to us, you know, ever since. And I think the Tottenham game was a wonderful case in point. Um, the only thing that I would add to that really is that I, I think it is a very sad indictment of of the the cult of the modern football player and the certainly the power of the modern football player who have no doubt by their agents been made well aware of their value and their and the inherent power that you know a, a club they are assets and a club you know cannot would, would dare not sack 15 players much as Clayton would love them so to do and in fact much as they might deserve to have been fired and I think actually reading between the lines Roman Abramovich said much the same himself that actually he would rather have done that than get rid of Mourinho there's another side to that which I think you know with the benefit of a bit of hindsight you know you could throw in which is at the end of the day the manager is the man in the firing line whatever else is is true or not true I think that is certainly true. He is the man in the firing line, and in a way, the buck does stop with him. And I think he does have a responsibility to to try and get the best out of his players and manage them, no matter what the situation is. And you know, whatever the rights and wrongs of it were, he 
didn't manage to do that. The players, you know, down tools. They didn't want to play for him, apparently. I mean, we don't know, and I doubt if we ever will. But, you know, if he if he is unable to do his job because of that, then what else are you supposed to do? Kick him out. You can't do it, Clayton. Well, break, break, break the mould. Break the mould. Well... Okay, okay, okay. Let's run with this then, Dan and Jonathan. Like mm-hmm. I'm loving, I'm loving Clayton's work here. What would have happened to us if we'd have got rid of? I don't think it would have been fifteen, Clayton. <clears throat> Let's say eight. Okay. But you can't do it. it no, no. I know. I know you can't do it. But let's just hypothesise. Let's run with Clayton's argument. What would have happened had we got rid of those eight players, Dan? Well, they're being picked up straight away because these are world-class players. I mean, if 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 you game by the so-called rats, whoever they might have been, there's four players there, combined transfer value 130 million quid, they'd have gone to Real Madrid, Arsenal, whoever, would have just given our rivals, the, you know, a massive who, advantage. Who would, have, who would have replaced them and what, I mean, what would have happened? In other words, would we have bought players in to replace them or would we have just said, bollocks, we better play some of the youth? Let's say, I don't mind which, but what would have happened in that context, Jonathan? Um, well, you've had had to have played the youth, wouldn't mm. you? Which is what uh, Abramovich wanted. That, yeah. was, uh, that was the uh, directive at the beginning of the season to play as many of the youth as possible. And what do you think might have happened had we done that? We'd have been relegated. Exactly. I, I rest. I rest my case, my lud. You know, and whether we like it or not, I don't think any of us would have liked to have seen us get relegated, would we? No, no. And, and, and it some people happen. would. Some people would. Yeah. Some people. It wouldn't, on, it wouldn't on have various... happened forums I've seen and said get back down a division yeah, but that's build just... up and let it be back it like it was 20 years but that's ago. mad-eyed yeah. nostalgia Jonathan isn't it yeah, that's mad- madness nostalgia. Uh, Clayton go on you were saying no I just don't think it would have happened mm. I think we would have struggled um, I think we would have bolstered the squad in January I, I keep reading this Roman didn't want to sack Jose he owns the club he didn't have to sack him I I just think it's absolutely. I, I don't know. I mean, I I'm not saying Jose was blameless because you look at what he did to Matic, and you look at what he did to Ruben Loftus Cheek. Okay, Ruben Loftus Cheek less so, but it still wasn't excusable. But he destroyed Matic. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think you know. I I, I remember the game. I can't remember which one it was, but he brought him on and then substituted him. And the rumours are that it was Villa early in the season. Yeah, and I mean, that, you know, that 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 that's not good. That's not good. And and and, but it, you know, I live I live in this bloody cloud cuckoo land because I think what would have been absolutely ideal, and I know it was never ever going to happen, was that if Jose was having problems, and he apparently was because he he did look like he'd lost the plot. I would have said. You know what? Take a holiday. Take a three-month right. or a six-month holiday. But as I say, I'm in cloud cuckoo land. But I am in no doubt. Blame the players. My my final point on this is to... Uh, I, I've moved on from Stalin quotes. I'm now going to give you a Johnny Rotten quote. Uh, no one is innocent. Yeah, no, absolutely. And no, I think... And that's, and that's spot on. Yeah, and you know, collective responsibility all around, I think, for this, this horror show this season. Um, it's a team game. Indeed it is. Um, anyway, let's move on to the next email, shall we, Jonathan? Okay. This is a email cracker, but this is a long one and a cracker. So everybody in Mixler, put your seatbelts on, make sure you've got a cup of tea or coffee and light up a fag because this is a long one. All right, off you go, mate. 
I'm described at the beginning as the chocolatey voice gentleman. No, you're not. You're other at Chidge and other chocolatey voice gentlemen. Oh, gentlemen. So we're all chocolatey yes, voice. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Is that the idea? So, so um, Clayton's chocolatey voice and so is Dan. How nice. Thank you. Um, there's a chance that come Monday, this email will be rendered completely irrelevant. But I just wanted to get some thoughts to you as we end what has been an utterly shambolic season. With the very public back and forth between the club and JT, I do believe that it confirms what many of us believe to be true, that there have been some fairly heated discussions between captain and club in the past, and that JT was definitely trying to play the club earlier in the year when he made his statements about not being offered a new contract. He knows he has the fans on his side, by and large, and that the club are in a weak position with fans having just sacked Jose. Now it seems that the tables have turned, with the club seemingly offering JT a new, likely diminished salary and role. I think this PR game has been pretty well examined, so I won't spend my time walking through it again. However, I do take issue with some of the things that have been said by fans, that those that are unrelentingly supporting our captain are somehow losing sight of the idea that no one man is bigger than the club. Consider this, for the last 21 years, John has not been bigger than Chelsea, that is certain. He has been equal to Chelsea. The man embodies everything, good and bad, associated with the club, that is clear. During his time with the club, we've won 16 trophies, including making Chelsea the only London club to win the Champions League. Let me ask this to those arguing that John should be let or pushed out in the same way that the likes of Lampard, Ashley Cole, Czech and others have done in recent years. Do we want a club that doesn't become synonymous with the club? That is to say, as we are a club that does not want true legends. As a fan, I want to know that the players on the pitch live, breathe and die with Chelsea's results. They feel the pain of losing to Spurs, Arsenal and Liverpool. I want to know that my club is not made up of a group of young mercenaries auditioning for a chance to make a blockbuster move to Real Madrid or Barcelona. Do you want our club to be a stepping stone? Because letting players and even managers who live and die with this club go, pushing them out of the door when they've lost a step, is how you get there. I feel like this point rings even more truly with the way our club has looked this season. We've talked time and time and time again on the podcast and in Mixler about how the players don't seem up for it, like they have nothing left to fight for. Even when we had competitions to compete in, they looked at times utterly depressed on the pitch. For me, it doesn't seem like a coincidence that morale seemed to go downhill after Czech, Drogba and Lampard left the locker room. Once JT goes, who is there to rally this squad? This lineup that looks like it has literally no desire to wear blue at times. At the end of all of this, I suppose what I'm asking my fellow fans who are in the other boat from mine, is it worth it? When we're just now emerging from this storm, is it worth it to toss your captain overboard to lighten the load if it means you'll have nobody to steady the ship and rally its sailors for the fights ahead? Because I'm not convinced this lot has it in them to rally themselves. Cheers to a hopefully fruitful off-season. Show the blue. Mm. Wonderfully eloquent uh, email there. And uh, I, I have to say there are elements of here, bloody here from me because that's the point I think I made earlier on, didn't it, in part one, saying that, you know, you, you can replace John Terry as the player, but 
you know, I think there are, there are so many other things about JT that are nigh on irreplaceable at the moment. But who who wants to have a crack at this one first? Do you want to do you want to reply to that first, Jonathan? Um, I think I've 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 said really. I, I'm 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 worried that um, uh, it's the coincidence of the timing of the new manager, whether you allow JT to be able to express himself, um, uh, and if he's known to be slightly divisive. Um, within the club, whether the, the, whether the timing is right, um, uh, it's a it's a it's a difficult question um, because we don't really know what's actually going on there at the time. Um, uh, and also, he, he he is the last there. He'll, he's the last left. W- will that be too much of a um, of, of an onus of a burden for him, or will he be then uh, ostracised? Is it is is it all right? He may have a status, but do the club want him to have that status? anymore mm, i mean um, I, I i fear not i think that there's there's a lot that's gone on behind the scenes that has fractured the relationship uh between jt and and those who run the club and i think a lot of what's going on is, is down to that and and i think you know the reason for that i mean you know the wonderful i i, I tell you what talk about contributor of the evening but the wonderful dalla bonner's beautiful hair has uh, put another great post in which is a great email but he does seem to think there is logic at work behind the scenes when all evidence would point to the opposite and I would utterly agree with that because again I said it on the show a few weeks ago you know most football pundits have said actually JT if you look at our defence he's still worth a place in the team he's still our best defender and the other side of the coin is they're all saying you know don't throw away that experience don't throw away the connection to the club don't throw away the connection he has to the supporters so the logical evidence would point to you know you do everything you can to keep him and yet the opposite seems to be happening, which tells you that there's quite a fracture in that relationship, I think. Dan, have you, do, do, do you want to comment on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fantastic email, and I think it, it speaks volumes for everyone's thoughts, but I've, I've always maintained, and always have done, whether it's John Terry or, you know, a player would get on loan, it's a badge in the front that means more than name on the back. And, you know, JT will go, we'll come back. You know, when, when somebody of his, I guess in my lifetime, probably the greatest player I've seen play for us, when someone of that size and, you know, that he's got such a connection with the fans who who, who is embodies Chelsea. When he goes, it's, it's it's really hard to take. But it's 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 a club we support, not the players. Mm. Now whether I'm gonna get a shot down in flames for saying that, he goes he goes with absolute thanks, grateful memories, and he'd always be welcome back. Mm. Clayton Um I think there's a bigger issue here. I think you're looking at modern football mm. and you look at the other clubs in the Premier League and you think well how many JTs are there left there aren't very many and I think that's just the way football's going Um, I think the way that JT are the whole we've talked about it in the first part but it's it seems to me that this is the way modern football's going it's not just us it's not just you know our club being awful I mean (sighs) the other end of the scale is what what do you want I mean you talking before about you know my my ridiculous hypotheses but if the club's acting badly what do you want do you want a fantastic club that's absolutely perfect does everything right and never wins anything never does anything I, I don't know I think it's very difficult you know, Roman has come in, he's transformed the club. We've won more than I could ever imagine in in my lifetime. Um, I think we have to take the shitty with the, with, with the good, to be perfectly honest. I think 
uh, as fans we're 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 getting lower and lower in the food chain um we've said before if we're not there somebody will come in some somebody will buy our ticket um i think we just have to get on with it to be perfectly honest i think that the whole jt thing as i said i i it, it's so much more i think it's it's very unfortunate Mm. Jonathan, I, I I fear I cut you off in your prime a second ago. I mean, is that right? And if so, do you want to say what you were going to say? Um, no, I, I, you did cut me off, but I fear we've moved on. Okay, well, all right. Um, in that case, I mean, I, I you know, just to kind of try and con, you know conjoin everything that you've just said. Um, I mean, you know, I desperately want JT to stay for for all of the reasons that I've, I've given out, but I think two things one one that came out of what Clayton just said and I'm sure Jonathan would back me up on this actually is that you have to remember Dan be quiet uh, you have to remember that uh, you know we're, we're not just a batshit insane club by a, run by a batshit owner now we, it's, it's always been the case and you know Eddie McCready getting fired because he wanted a, a new car and they wouldn't give it to him I mean Tommy Dock being fired for reasons I can't even remember, but they were all fairly spurious. So actually, most football clubs, but Chelsea in particular, I think have, have always been like this. But the other thing, I mean, actually, before I answer my final point, Jonathan, back me up on that. I mean, that's always been the case, hasn't it? Oh, we're we're a completely mad club, like most clubs. Yeah. But um, I, 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 but what what I'm what I'm becoming aware of is, uh, um, is that I, I just think we, you have to accept that uh, with the setup with Abramovich, who I think is just like a, uh, um, I think we said this before we we, we started the program. I think he's he's playing FIFA 2016, isn't he? Mm. Um, I think we we almost have to accept um, the rough with the smooth. We have to accept that there will be seasons of 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 madness. But I I'm I'm so um, I'm so up with the roller coaster. That it wouldn't surprise me at all if we win something next year of uh, of great import. It wouldn't surprise me if we won the league next year, just because that's that's this kind of helter skelter world mm. that supporting Chelsea is at the moment. As you say, you know, sixteen trophies for for God's sake, it's completely wonderful. And yet here we are, we're we're we're, we're disassembling the whole structure and saying how dreadful it is. It's, it's an unbelievable record of success mm. and we've had one season where it hasn't worked and and similarly the other season where it didn't work was was when uh, Ancelotti was trying to 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 uh, to play the youth um and uh, and got fired at the uh, obviously fired at the end um but but he, but here we are um with a new manager we don't know what's going to happen he, he may take the whole place completely by storm so i i I tend to be very optimistic about the whole setup and 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 even and accept the madness of it. Yeah. Um, and to some extent, if JT goes, he goes because somebody's made a decision. And all right, the club is it is chaotic, but if it, if we end up winning more trophies for whatever reason because because of, of what he what he's he's achieved in the past, I. I I mean, I, I think it's likely. I think it's just as likely. Mm. I think, actually, that's a really brilliant point, Jonathan. And, you know, it's one that actually Mark Worrell sums up beautifully in his phrase, glorious unpredictability, uh, which is very much part of the Chelsea mix. And, you know, I think I think the thing is, guys out there, you know, strap in and enjoy the ride, but it's, it's going to be bumpy occasionally. 
but that's kind of what makes it interesting and I, I think I, I would I would actually agree with every word you said there Jonathan and I would only add one thing really and that is again as much as I love John Terry and everything he, he's done and he represents uh, the, the, the plain fact is is that you know nobody is bigger than the club nobody Roman John Terry you name it you know I mean Clayton and I were talking I think on the way to the pub yesterday you know losing Peter Osgood and and people like that we, we've it's happened before and it'll happen again it's it's how football is and nobody is bigger than the club so there you go I think we should read this final email out which is less of a discussive one but more of a congratulatory one I believe Jonathan um, Ljubljana I presume that's how it's pronounced Ljubljana yep Ljubljana and Olympia yep okay um, hello Chidge and the rest of the fan cross fan cross I can't speak that again hello Chief fan Chidge. cross tonight I think Hello, Chief Chidge, your Chief Chidge. Hello, Chief Chidge and the rest of the fancast crew. Hello there. Matt Jazz, who is uh, um, a follower of on Twitter, and I follow him too. Um, it's been a year since I last sent you an email. A lot of things have changed in one year's time. I don't want to talk a lot, a lot about this season because we all know that this wasn't expected. It's been a roller coaster, as I just said. But I would like to expose one thing, the fans... Even though Chelsea was one point above relegation in December, the support was still excellent. Let me just give you an example of what I mean by that. I also support my local team, Olympia, from Ljubljana. Olympia became champions on Saturday after 21 years of waiting for the title. Still better than Scousers, that's in brackets, <laughs> with a smiley face. The club was all season the top of the league with three different managers. And yes, Maribor were always second. And he's then put another smiley face. Home stadium capacity is 16,000, but it was sold out only when Maribor came to town. We were happy with 5,000 attendance in other matches, even though Olympia was always on the top and played the best football in the league. On the other hand, Chelsea was struggling, unexpected losses, key players failed, etc. But the away support and the home games were always sold out. This is what I admire a lot. Players come and go, owners come and go, managers come and go, but the supporters are always there. I think the board has a short memory about this fact. I'm looking, really looking forward to what next season will bring. I trust Conte and I really, really hope we won't be looking for a new manager this time next year. We need stabilisation. Conte will have a massive task to do. As I often say, it's not just supporting, it's a lifestyle. Take care, lads. And we'll see each other soon. Keep it blue. Keep it nobly. <laughs> nobly. Oh, it's nobly, is it? <laughs> Nob nobly's better. It is better, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Nobly yeah. styles. Keep it blue. Keep it nobly. <laughs> keep it nobly. Keep it Chelsea. Matt Jazz, co-founder of Chelsea Slovenia Supporters Club. Excellent. That's a lovely email, really. And I think it's a lovely way to kind of bring everything that we were saying together, really. But, uh, you know, Matt Jazz is often in uh, the... Uh, he's in there. We go. <laughs> I've just read his post in Mixler. He's just said, great email. Yeah, absolutely, Matt Jazz. But he's a lovely lad. And I'm very sadly, I didn't manage to see him for a beer this year. But hopefully when he's over next, we will... He posts very well on Twitter. Good yeah, stuff he's a lovely Twitter. lad. But uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get... Hopefully, Matt Jazz, I'll get to see you in the pub next season. That'll be cracking. And even better, go out to uh, Slovenia, which looks like a fantastic place to go and have a few beers and some great people out there. But I think he's he's really put a wonderful line under it all, really, hasn't he, chaps? Yeah. Mm. Really last words. Yeah, I mean, I, I think particularly with the away support, the yeah. away support's phenomenal. 
completely phenomenal. I would take my hat off completely to them. Okay, um, I'm I'm gonna just very very quickly, um, and I mean very very quickly because we we've, we've got about three minutes left. But you know, in a, in a in a sentence or two, uh, what are your thoughts on the end of the season, Clayton? Well, define end of the season. What do you mean? Well, we we finished. The season's gone. How do you feel? You know, are you glad it's out of the way? Are you looking forward to next season? Is it been, absolutely you know? delighted? It's finished. I really am. It's been it's been awful. Been mm. absolutely awful. I thought yesterday just I couldn't wait for the. I I took as long as I could to get there. I did hang around afterwards because only I just I wanted to hear what JT had to say, and I think he deserved a round of applause if he's not going to be there next mm. year. Um, it's it's been a it's been a really really difficult watch, but the bottom line is. It's there's been other years when it's been a difficult watch and I'll be back next season and I'll be optimistic um, I'd be a hell of a lot more optimistic if I hadn't read that Carlo Ancelotti article today and Mr Emanalo wasn't in the club but it is what it is and we just got to get on with it mm. Dan how about you? Yeah I mean it's been a worse season for 20 years but then you consider what it was like and where we are now I, I take it given what we've won in the last you know 20 years there's ne- next season Look forward to it. It can't get any worse. That's why I look at it. Jonathan? Um, well, I think as Tim Rolls put, it's been the worst season for 40 years. God, 40? Yes. 40? He, he put 40, yeah. He felt that it has Jesus. Been, yeah. yeah. But I think he was, I think he's exaggerating. I think when you've watched um, um, Alan Mays playing, then you think that's a good season. That's a, that's an appalling season, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it's... Um, um, I suppose what's kept me going is the fact that I, I just didn't believe it could it should it could carry on like this, and unfortunately it did. <laughs> um, so, uh, um, I said one of the advantages of of, of watching us was that um, this I didn't actually feel uh, very nervous in many of the games, um, and even when we even when we're winning um, and doing wonderfully, I always think we'll come unstuck, and I find that very uh, that very stressful. Whereas this year, I actually started reading my program on several occasions when we were playing dreadfully. And I thought, God, this is exactly like 30 years ago. It's what I used to do when we were really crap. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, it's... Uh, oh, you wanted only a quick sentence, didn't you, really? Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> it, it it has been shit. All right. Do you know what I would say? I, I think, actually, I, I kind of tap into a little bit of what you, you were saying, really. And I, I think, you know, given that the the lows were lower than we've experienced for quite a while actually what it's done for me is it's made me number one appreciate the highs a lot more so for example sadly I wasn't at the Spurs game but I trust me my reaction watching it on the telly at home was just as mental as it would have been in the stadium but uh, you know my, another high for me was JT's equalizing goal against Everton you know I, I, I can't remember the last time I celebrated a goal, a goal quite like that so actually you know the, the more lows you have the more you appreciate the occasional high you get in a duff season and it's kind of reconnected me a bit with that and the other thing which I'll go on to in part four is 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 actually the worse the football has got the more fun I've had in the pub before and after and I am absolutely sure there's no coincidence uh, although you know that that's not that's not you know a surprise in a way anyway um, we should wrap up this part and then move on to the next one uh, in which we will be rounding up a little bit of Chelsea supporters news we will see you in a second Real fans, real opinions. 
I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge and very, very sadly, this is the last part of the last Chelsea fancast this season. I Don't worry, I know that there are listeners who are yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who are at this moment celebrating with a mass party knowing that they don't have to listen to the uh, mad, myopic warblings of four middle-aged people. Dan excluded from that sentence, obviously. Uh, <laughs> oh, 40, so there we go. 42. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, rapidly approaching middle age. I, yeah. th- I think this season has aged you, Dan, if you, if I'm honest. You know, what, Physically or mentally? Well, in every way, really. You know. <laughs> so there we go. But anyway, I'm afraid, and, and now the end is nigh, and so we reach our final shout-outs. Jonathan. Uh, CFC UK. Uh, thanks to everyone who's bought and read CFC UK this season. As always, it's been a pleasure to write for the fans. Oh, that, that would be me and Clayton. That's then. you. I know, I'm saying because I haven't written for it. I'd like to, though. And a massive shout-out and thank you to DJ and all the sellers for getting it out there. Long may it rain. Hurry up. Hurry up, Sonia Pound. If you can't get it there, you can always get it digitally. If you can't get it at the ground, because, well, you can't till next season. You can always get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, follow Twitter account at cfcukusa. And if anyone's interested in getting an cfcuk copy, contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter at dlundberg underscore. That's at d-l-u-n-d-b-e-r-g underscore. Now, it's Chelsea Supporters Trust, and it's YouTube. It is indeed. Well, thank you. Nicely queued up there, Jonathan, who clearly realised that I was about to post on Mixler and wasn't paying attention. But this is mightily important for two reasons. First of all, number one, uh, you need, if you haven't done so already, to join the Supporters Trust, the Chelsea Supporters Trust, and get your voice heard by the club. It is £5 to become a voting member. It's free for non-voting members. And all you have to do is to go to chelseasupporterstrust.com and uh, sign up and then you can attend uh, the meetings the SGM special general meetings the AGM that we have in August and uh, and listen well I mean anybody can listen to the BGMs but you get my point anyway the other thing of course is we do have various events during the year uh, but but I think the, the, the single there are two things that are vitally important one is if you're a member you get to vote on the various issues that we put forward to the board and the membership every August and that forms the policy of what we try and make happen over that year. So, you know, we campaign for things like lower ticket prices and that kind of thing. But secondly, you get to vote uh, in the election for the board representatives and I'm delighted to say there are several in the house uh, this evening we've got we are the shed richard and debs is a board member too i am obviously so you know do join up because it gives you a voice and it's kind of democracy in action really uh so very very important um you can also of course follow them on twitter at chelsea s trust now the other you know the other singularly massive massive uh, important thing is that in the next few weeks the trust will be releasing their annual members survey uh, and that's where they ask the membership to answer questions on what they think the club is doing right and wrong. Or simply, it's a it's a fantastic opportunity to let the club know how you felt about this season. On things like the PR, the ticket prices, the policy on managers, lots and lots of stuff about that. So basically, you know, if you've, if you've got the right royal hump about what's been going on this year, and certainly in terms of the way that the club has been run and some of these decisions 
This, my friends, is the perfect opportunity to let the club know how you feel. And there's a reason for that. And that is that when we uh, finish the survey, we've got all of your answers, we then compile it into a report and we present it to the board at Chelsea. They take it seriously and they look at it. So if you want to know how you want to let them know how pissed off you are with things, this is your chance to do it. Um, but in order to do it, in order to get the survey, you do need to be a member. So uh, if you're not a member currently, go and sign up, pay your five quid, supporterstrust.com, chelseasupporterstrust.com, and then fill in the survey. But you need to do this quickly, because if you don't sign up quickly, you won't get the e uh, the survey emailed to you, and you won't be able to be part of it. So it's my last chance to say this to you people, but please go and do it. It's a massively brilliant opportunity for you to let the club know how you feel about this season, amongst other things. But there you go. Jonathan? On to the CPO. Um if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea Protect the Future of the Club, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge. To find out how to buy a share for £100, email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com slash fans slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and follow them on Twitter at pitchowners. It's now Canners on tour, Chidge. Well, he's he's already been and done one of them. What's the date today? It's kind of it's happening as we speak, isn't it? Uh, tomorrow, isn't it? Fourteenth. He's done. Oh yeah, the tour is the fourteenth or seventeenth. I saw some it? pictures of him getting very drunk with the Boston Blues actually on Facebook. So he's clearly over there. Indeed, indeed. I didn't see those. Do you want to carry on with yeah. it? Yeah. You, me, you, you. You're doing this um, one. Okay. Um, at, at, um, <laughs> uh, he's next to Atlanta, Atlanta, but I can never quite... In your own, in your own time. I've got to yeah, work... Yeah, yeah. At... I can never right. quite work this out, actually, yeah. Clayton, because Chidge is always very good at working out what where everybody is here. Um, Atlanta Blues, he's at Meehan's Buckhead, and that's May the 17th to 22nd. So he's got an opportunity to get pissed every single day. One leads straight into the other, actually. Um, May 17th to the 22nd, uh, Atlanta, and that's at... ATL Blues uh, on Twitter. Um, then he's in Dallas, Shed End Dallas, the Londoners pub, May the 22nd to the 26th, uh, and that's at Dallas Shed End. Um, then he's in uh, um, Phoenix at the Bayou City Blues, the Phoenix Brew Pub, May the 26th, 29th, Bayou City, and that's at Bayou City Blues, B A Y O U. C-I-T-Y Blues and then also he's playing some football if he's able to in aid of the Soccer Streets charity and you therefore go to soccerstreets.org forward slash squad forward slash 517 to donate if you wish to and then on the 10th of June um, he's back in England in Rains Park uh, with Kerry Kerry Dixon uh, talking about um, uh, life behind bars at the David Lloyd Leisure Centre uh, Rains Park, eight o'clock, and that's twenty pounds. And I think there'll be a fantastic pairing, the two of them. Mm. That sounds cracking, doesn't it? Actually, uh, it does. Uh, even more to the point, actually, very relevant and pertinent to tonight, and and also yesterday, because you know, I I have to say, the last game of the season is always tinged with a bit, bit of mixed emotions for me, because you know, and I, my CFC UK article kind of made this point. I think that was really what the article was about: is that. You know, you, I, I love I love my Chelsea friends. I absolutely love them. I see them and spend more time with them than any other group of people that I 
that I know and I don't work so you know clearly you know they are a very massively important part of my life uh, and you know it's kind of you say goodbye to them on the last game of the season and you quite often don't see any of them at all uh, until August and, and that's quite a painful separation but of course things like this event with Kerry and Canners is a great opportunity to catch up with some mates over the summer and have a few jars. So, uh, yeah, I recommend that. I might try and do that myself if I can, but there we go. Right, uh, I've been doing this religiously for the last few weeks and, and plugging uh, this for my bestest, bestest buddy in the world who, as it happens, is not a Chelsea fan. In fact, is a Southampton fan, but I've never held it against him, largely because they're shit. Uh, this year the ball is on the other foot sadly but there you go uh, but last year one of my oldest and bestest friends uh, a certain Brian Wilmot very very sadly passed away uh, from the awful cancer uh, and both me and my best mate Simon came were gutted as you can imagine and Simon had also lost his father from cancer only a few weeks before so it was a bit of a double whammy anyway Simon's running the Edinburgh Marathon on May the 27th to raise uh, 29th sorry May the 29th I did, you see the, May the 27th is the day I have to give my essay in right so i've got that indelibly marked upon my brain uh, but anyway yes thank you jonathan he's running it on may the 29th up in edinburgh to raise money for these two amazing people that we both absolutely love to bits um now obviously i would love to run a marathon too and raise lots of money for the blood cancer charity bloodwise but basically i am very fat and very unfit and probably would have a heart attack if i did so which kind of somehow defeats the object uh, so basically dear old simon is running so that i don't have to but uh, i have promised him that i will keep plugging this until i can plug it no more uh, so that I can help him raise as much money as I possibly can uh, and by doing so asking you begging you pleading with you uh, I wouldn't threaten you I'm too nice for that but if you can donate a little bit of money to Simon's Rum I would be ever so ever so ever so grateful and it's very very easy to do I'm going to put a link up on Mixler for the lovely people in there in a sec but uh, all you have to do is you can go to justgiving.com forward slash peter hyphen and hyphen brian and of course you can follow him and see how he's doing uh, at uh, his Twitter handle is at son of Cain uh, and he's a fine man not least if anybody's put up with me for about 45 years they've got to be a decent uh, human being so there you go so please please help him out if you can uh, it would mean a lot to me if you did so there you go now um, we're almost we're almost there we're almost at the end of the show uh, end of the season last podcast of the season and I got this email that came in as a bit of a kind of a you know, it happens occasionally, doesn't it, Jonathan? I get one that kind of sneaks in under the wire. Yes. You know? uh, and and this did too. And you're going to read it, aren't you? I am actually, because it it, it it was it was lovely that it did, because it was basically, uh, you know, messaged to me on my Stanford Chidge uh, Facebook account, uh, and I just thought uh, I've got to read this anyway. Here we go. Hello, Chidge. How are you, mate? Probably don't remember me, but I was part of the benches a couple of years back, and I've been trying to find the email address as I'd like to send one out to you and the boys for the show nevertheless all i wanted to say was a massive thank you to all of you uh, taking part in this wonderful show and making us feel part of the family no matter what part of the globe we're from and giving me something to look forward to week in week out other than our beloved and dilapidated blues as i can't listen to the show live it being 4am here in oz I will miss you lot over the summer break and already look forward to next season of the Chelsea Fancast and naturally to see where Signor Conte takes us. I never thought I'd say it, mate, but the ending of this season couldn't come quickly enough. It was truly heartbreaking. But I do have a feeling after the recent displays of Hazard and the boys, we uh, will take heed and carry that on to the next year. 
Yes, it was late, but a, smart, a spark nonetheless. Anyway, I wanted to keep it short and will endeavour to be more active next season. Have a safe break, my friend, and please send regards to the lads. Carefree overland and sea from Stamford Bridge to the MCG, you cheeky monkey. Uh, that was from the wonderful Daniel Barsa, who is, of course, from Melbourne. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good lads. Yeah, really good Melbourne lads. Yeah, I remember Victoria. him really well. Uh, it's exactly why I read it out, Dan, because... Yeah. Um, and I actually, I have, I have messaged him back and said that I absolutely remember, remember Daniel Barson, not least because he's been listening for a long, 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 long time. But of course, he came and sat on the benches when we were in the TV studio, and we yeah. had a beer or two in that pub around the corner, the the, the Larrick or something, the Larkin. Do you yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and I'm friendly with him. Yeah, I'm friendly with him on Facebook, so we kind of occasionally have the old catch up from time to time. But no, he's he's top top lad. There we go. Lovely to hear from him, wasn't it? So anyway, yeah, you too, mate. And uh, it's about time I got myself out to Australia. Because the last time I went to Australia, it was just after we won the champ. No, it was just before we won the Champions League. So, yeah, if I go to Australia, we'll win the Champions League again by that logic. Uh, and sorry, Nicky, because I know Nicky uh, is in the uh, in the mixer chat room. Uh, uh, last summer I went to New York, and then we played like shit for the season. So I don't think I'm going to go to New York for a while. All right, by that logic. Am I making any sense here? Yeah, yeah just about. it's good. It's okay, good. all right. It's now uh, it's time so to what, go, guys. What will happen when you go to Slovenia? Do you think? Uh, I'd love to go to Slovenia. It's wonderful yeah. out there, isn't it? Anyway, right, we've reached the end of the season. Chelsea's worst season for over 20 years. It's been tough, hasn't it? But I do hope that you've all enjoyed the fan casts this season as much as we all have. Uh, one of the reasons why we enjoy doing them is the feedback we get from you and your tremendous support throughout the year. Uh, you just have to look at the Mixler chat room on a Monday night to, to see to see how lovely and wonderful you all are and you know that's that's really why we do it and I just think we really need to say collectively uh, we thank you with all our hearts as Claudio Ranieri used to say in he his used to say we thank notes. you with all our hearts out he used to say if anybody can tell me what he said in Italian it looked like Cozy Fantuti that's all I remember. Remember that? It did, wasn't it? Something toti toti daddy, you know, dilly dilly dong dilly ding. I mean, it was, it was wonderful. But I do mean it, and from the bottom of our heart, I mean, we do love you all. I mean, you are the reason we do it. It is as simple as that. If you didn't engage with us, if you didn't listen, if you didn't enjoy it, I, you know, we wouldn't do it. So there we go. So a massive thank you to you guys who listen week in, week out. Um, and it's funny, actually. I was, I was talking in the pub with the boys before and after the game, and, and, I, and I alluded to this a little minute ago. Uh, you know, we were all agreed that in spite of the performances on the pitch, uh, we probably had more fun before and after uh, than ever. And, and and let's face it, that is what counts. And I think <laughs> I think Clayton made that point as well. That uh, and Dan, that you know, the ninety minutes football has often ruined a very good day out, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's back to back to the bad old days. <laughs> it is indeed. But I mean, I've had great fun. I've really, really enjoyed it this season. And I, but I should also add, I've massively enjoyed doing the fancast th this season. And I know it's been, you know, it's been a bit of a rocky road for the fancast this season because I think I, I we'd, we'd stopped doing the TV show, hadn't we? We'd started doing them in my flat, hadn't we, Dan? Yeah, 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 yeah we did. Okay, yeah. so we we started off doing them in my flat, and that was great fun on a Monday night, getting a few <laughs> of them around, and we'd have a few beers in the pub before. And then I had to move to Winchester, and there was a real there was a real danger that we might have to stop doing them. And then we kind of decided, no bollocks to that. The show must go on. We're going to do them on Skype, and we we all thought it would be dreadful. But actually, I think we've proven. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I know the sound quality is a bit ropey sometimes, but basically, the show is the same old show, isn't it, guys? Kid, yeah. will you be returning to your flat? Do you think? I, not not the... for the foreseeable, mate, because I'm so so uh, busy down here with stuff. 
I'm afraid. So it's unlikely. So and can I say something? I think also massive thanks to Chidge for all the time and effort and energy please. he does to put in this show week in, week out. So he deserves a massive, massive, massive Chelsea round of applause from everybody out there. I agree. And thank you. Chidge as always is fantastic. Every yeah. week. You're yeah, fantastic. We, we love you. You're all very lovely and I love you too. But you, what you should all remember is it would be a very, very, very shit show if it was just me. I don't know. I think you'd do wonderfully. Yeah, you know, you know, the, you know, I'm mad enough to be able to talk to myself for, for two hours. You could, you could create all the other characters. I could. I could play you. That would be a nice I'd change. I'd like you to actually. I'm going to read this in the style of Jonathan Kidd. There we go. <laughs> we should maybe do that. Maybe should, we should do a fan cast next year, and we can all assume the character of somebody else. That would be quite fun, oh, actually. That would be quite yeah. fucked up. I would like the mentality of that. Uh, but no, I mean, you know, that's very lovely of you all, and I do really, really appreciate it. And uh, the other thing is, of course, we won an award uh, this season for being the best Did damn you? fucking podcast out there. But the bottom line is we won it because I get tremendous help every week from a fantastic uh, bunch of people who I am enormously proud to call friends that I not only do the show with on a Monday, but I get to see at nearly every game that I go to. Uh, so without them, it would be utter shit. But more to the point, um, we've got a lot of lovely people out there who listen to it and enjoy it and who helped us win it. So there we go. I think applause all round for everybody because it is well-deserved. Yes, indeedy. Well, applause for everybody. Quite right, too. Now, uh, we're nearly there. Um, now, I... I Hmm. There's a there is a decision to make. I mean, we we may we may if the vibe takes us, come back sometime in the summer and do a review show. Uh, I have to be honest because of this season, I'm 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 not inclined. But if 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 the vibe takes me, we may well do it. If we're just so sad and bored on a Monday night with longings and, and about having not done one for a while, then I might do it. But anyway, look, whatever happens, we will keep you posted on that. But in the interim, it is time to go home. Uh, Jonathan, it's been an absolute delight all season with you uh, by my side in the in the virtual the virtual podcast uh, table. Thank you, Chich. I've enjoyed it immensely. Yeah, you too, mate. You've been a you've been a fantastic old. You've been fantastic. I mean, you know, where would I be without you reading the emails out every week for? I've been a fantastic old stick, haven't I? Well, I was going to say something nicer than that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> An old sausage, maybe. I don't oh, know. But no, you've you. been you've been uh, my my right hand man. It's been brilliant. Uh, and then you're not you're not as irritating as Martin either, so that's a plus point. <laughs> Who I saw on Saturday, believe it or not. But there you go. I miss Martin. Yeah, I miss him too, the silly old sod. Anyway, uh, Dan, it's been fantastic uh, journeying through uh, through the season with you, my friend. Have you enjoyed yeah, it? Absolutely enjoyed it. Enjoyed the other way game with you. It's been it's been a pleasure to be part of this wonderful Chelsea experience. Oh, so thank fun. you very much. It is great fun, isn't it? And Clayton, yeah. last but by no means least, uh, and I think actually we also have to thank Clayton in addition for his appearances on here. Uh, you know, we also have to thank him for his tremendous blogs that he puts out. That's very kind of you. Mm. Thank you very much. Don't, Enjoy you, you, writing them. I hope you're not. Ex- Hello. I hope you're not expecting to get paid twice. No, I, I mean, the money I get from you is more than enough. Thank you very much, right, Chidge. Then. I mean, it's an absolute pleasure to be on here. Um, you get paid? Of course all. he doesn't. It was a oh, joke. Just, no, and I was, <laughs> going, I, was going with, I was going with the gag. He, I, I was going to say that. No, it's great. It's it's a really good experience, and it's an absolute pleasure. And thanks, everybody, to Mixalert for contributing. And, and just, it, it, it's it's good. And, you know, it's, it's all about Chelsea. Uh, and... Uh, as Dan said, without Chidge, we're nothing. Oh, rubbish. Joe Strummer said, without people, we're nothing. And I think he's more right. Anyway, it's been brilliant fun. I really have enjoyed it this year in spite of the football. In fact, maybe because of it. Who can say? Now, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter, at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, 
Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dan at Dan Silves 73, and Clayton is at Goalie 59. And of course, the website where you can find Clayton's wonderful blogs uh, is, of course, ChelseaFanCast.com. Now, uh, the, I've, I've said it to you uh, many times uh, in the last five minutes. So I'm going to say it again. Uh, thank you so much to all of the wonderful people who tune in, particularly uh, the, the people who tune into the live show on a Monday because they 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 are their their posts are so entertaining and they're they're hardcore listeners and I love them all. Uh, but also, of course, everybody who listens to the podcast during the week, uh, you are fantastic. Thank you for being with us all season, and I very very much look forward to having a nice rest and quite possibly some brain surgery over the summer and then come back fully refreshed and up for the fight and the challenge in August Um, hopefully I might bump into a few of you in the interim but uh, until then have a great great summer we love you all and we'll see you next season many thanks to my guest this week's Uh, thanks for listening see you next time until then keep it blue keep it carefree and keep it chels up the chels It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.